on Palm Sunday, I suggested that there might be a key that we could use to unlock the mysteries of these most sacred times of the year. At that time, I spoke about the key of the covenant. But tonight, as we stand on the threshold of this great three-day-long liturgy, the, the Triduum, as we celebrate tonight the Lord's Supper, and tomorrow venerate the cross upon which he suffered and died, and on Holy Saturday silently remember his entombed body and his descent into hell, And then on Easter Sunday, rejoice and celebrate his resurrection from the dead. As we make this journey with Christ, I propose to you another key that can unlock these mysteries, the key of love. That in fact, there is nothing that Jesus does in his passion and death and resurrection, which is not for the purpose of expressing to us the love of God. Now, love is obviously a very broad concept. So we might say, well, what, what is this love of God all about? How can we get a clear idea, understand uh, its characteristics better? Tonight, as we celebrate the Lord's Supper, we remember how Jesus gave us three special gifts. His example and command of Christian charity, washing the feet of his disciples. Also, instituting the priesthood, the ministerial priesthood. And thirdly, and most greatly, giving us the gift of the Eucharist, his own flesh and blood. And I suggest that these three gifts that we celebrate tonight, they bring out three aspects of God's love that can really help us uh, enter more deeply into these mysteries. So we begin, of course, with Uh, what we've just heard proclaimed in the gospel this evening. This example of Jesus, indeed this command of Jesus, of Christian charity. How significant it is that on this climactic night in Jesus' life, the last time before he dies, that he will have to spend with his apostles and to teach them something, that he thinks it is worthwhile to get down on his hands and feet and knees and wash the feet of his apostles to remind them that he has come not to be served, but to serve and to command us to do likewise. A couple of weeks ago, I was teaching for our RCIA class the, um, about prayer. And in, in doing some research, uh, it's interesting how many people there are out there in the world who are opposed to prayer. They see it as a waste of time, as something totally useless. But even worse, it's something not just useless, but is a way in which we avoid responsibility. I found this clever little slogan posted on the internet by an atheist. It said, two hands working are worth 2,000 hands praying. Now, obviously, as believers, we disagree with that. We might say, in fact, the greatest work that we can do is the work of prayer, because it is the work of God. But there is a grain of truth in this atheistic critique. How many times in our lives have we come face to face with somebody who really is in need, who really is in trouble, some difficult situation? And rather than 
you know, getting our hands messy, washing their feet, involving ourselves in that person's situation, we say, I'll pray for you. What does that really mean? It often means that we are not going to do anything at all. But that is not the love, the charity that Jesus demonstrates in washing the feet of his disciples. He demonstrates for us that Christian charity is always active, is indeed an action. Remember St. Paul's great meditation on love in 1 Corinthians. Love is patient. Love is kind. It bears all things. It believes all things and so on. Love is active. Surely we all remember St. James in his epistle saying, What good is it to say to your brother, Go in peace, stay warm, and be well fed, and not provide for his needs? It is no good at all. And so... Although we recognize that the work has to be God's work, that there is, uh, the most important work is, in a sense, the work of prayer, that can never become for us an excuse not to become involved, not to wash the feet of our brothers and sisters, because the love of God, the love that Jesus Christ commands us to imitate, is a love of action. So that's the first characteristic. Now we come to the second great gift of this night, and that is the gift of the ministerial priesthood. That Jesus, when he commands his apostles to do this in memory of him, he makes them priests. St. John Vianney, you know, is the the patron saint of priests. And this is what he says about the priest. He says, uh, oh, how great is the priest. If he realized what he is, he would die. He says, God obeys the priest. He utters a few words, and the Lord descends from heaven at his voice to be contained within a small host. Who, he asks, put the Lord in that tabernacle? The priest. Who welcomed your soul at the beginning of your life? The priest. Who feeds your soul and gives it strength for its journey? The priest. Who will prepare it to appear before God, bathing it one last time in the blood of Jesus Christ? The priest. Always the priest. He says, were we to fully realize what a priest is on earth, we would die. Not of fright, but of love. Of love. Ultimately, says St. John Vianney, the priesthood is the love of the heart of Jesus. The love of the heart of Jesus. But what kind of a love is that? What does that mean? But that is a love of self-emptying. St. John Vianney concludes, the priest is not a priest for himself. He is a priest for you. Why? Do we serve God as priests the way that we do? Why do we invest all of our time and energy in ministering here at the altar of God? Why do we uh, not own very much stuff or get paid very much? Why do we give up our own ambitions and dreams in order to go wherever our bishop assigns us? Why in the Roman church do we even renounce marriage and family? if not to become a sign of the self-emptying love of God. 
Because this is what Jesus did for us on the cross. He emptied himself. And so it is that the priest, who is like every Christian, a servant, but a servant at the altar, a servant and minister of the word of God, that the priest represents for us how the love of God is self-emptying. As priests, of course, we are well aware that we do not really live up to this great calling that we have, uh, that we fail. You know, Bishop Foy's just on Tuesday at the Chrism Mass uh, made a, quite a long speech about the state of the church today, again with the sexual abuse scandal that her priests have called down upon her once again, and brought up even again the debacle uh, over Covington Catholic High School. And he you know, took some time to uh, refresh those ideas and to bring out again his uh, sorrow over them and his apologies uh, to God's people about them. I was somewhat surprised that he took all the time to do that. But it is because, I think, he has a pastor's heart. And he knows how deeply hurt the people of God are, how deep your sorrow is when your priests fail you and when your priests abuse you and when your priests sin and do not live up to the kind of life that they are called to do. And so tonight as we celebrate the birthday of the priesthood, I know I speak on behalf of Father Jim uh, as well as myself in extending to uh, all of you and really in this particular year on behalf of Bishop Foy's and the whole church universal, extending to you our deepest sorrow, our deepest apologies for the ways in which we as priests have failed to be shepherds to the people of God, for all those ways that we have hurt you or neglected you, for those ways that we have put ourselves before you, not been there to minister in your times of need or to turn an open ear to the times when you needed someone to speak with. We are sorry. And we commit ourselves tonight to doing better and trying harder because that is what the love of God means. It means to empty ourselves. So that's the second characteristic of God's love, which brings us to the third gift, the third gift that Jesus has given us in this night. And that is the greatest gift of all, the gift of his own flesh and blood Present on our altars, body, blood, soul, and divinity, Jesus has given his, us himself in the Eucharist. And of course, there are lots of people throughout the world who don't believe that. There are even lots of Catholics who don't believe that Jesus is substantially present in the Eucharist. And yet, if we believe that Jesus is who we say he is... If we believe that he is the same person who said, let there be light, and there was. The same person who spoke a word and calmed the seas and the winds. Then why should we doubt that if he says, this is my body and this is my blood, that it should be anything else? This is our faith. A faith in the love of God who has given himself given himself to us in a way that abides forever. That's the third characteristic we might say of God's love, is that it is self-giving in the sense that he wants to come and remain with us. You know, we might say that if the resurrection 
is the ultimate proof of Jesus' divinity, then in some sense the Eucharist is the ultimate sense or proof of his humanity. Because it shows us that God does not love us with some remote, superhuman love, but that he loves us with a truly human heart. A heart that was pierced by a lance on the cross. He loves us with the tenderest of human emotions, and he wants to be here with us, to remain with us, to give himself to us completely. That is the mystery that we celebrate tonight in the Eucharist, that Jesus gives himself to us. Are we ready to receive him? Are we ready to open our hearts and our lives and receive that presence that abides forever? And so, again, these are the three characteristics or aspects of God's love. It is a love which is active, a love which is self-emptying, and a love which is self-giving, remaining with us forever. And I challenge you, as we go through the next couple of days of these great liturgies of Triduum, to reflect on those three characteristics. And you will see that in every moment of Jesus' suffering and death and resurrection, this is what he is doing. He is loving us in a way that is active and self-emptying and self-giving. And if we understand that, we have unlocked these mysteries and we can unlock in our hearts that same kind of active, self-emptying, self-giving love and offer it to the world. Then, not only we, the people of God, but the whole world will someday come and eat at the Lord's Supper.